It's me, Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another very exciting episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen. This is a podcast about all things food, plant-based food, non-plant-based food, and everything in between. This podcast aims to discover people's food journeys and stories, because whether you are a professional in sport, work in beauty, or the food industry itself, everyone's got a story to tell. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share and subscribe. I hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. Before we get into this episode, I want to highlight that this episode is about eating disorders and so it could be quite triggering. I've been wanting to record this episode for a long time, as with this podcast being all about food, eating disorder is a huge part of food that I wanted to address, as a lot of people do go through troubled relationships with food in some way, shape or form. So I'm really happy that Liv was happy to share her story with us, and I think that her recovery has been so amazing. So without further ado, let's go and meet Liv. I'm sat here with Liv. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Really, really good. So this episode is all kind of about eating disorders. So we kind of just briefly spoke a minute ago, but we kind of agree that most people listening, or most girls especially, probably have gone through some sort of an eating disorder in the past or some issue with food or their body image so I think it's really important to talk about it and some people don't but you definitely do and I think it's amazing what you've created on Instagram it's so inspirational for a lot of girls to be able to then speak about it (laughs) so I want to hear your personal experience so what happened with you personally how did you feel so my eating disorder basically started when I was about like 13, 14 years old. I think at around 13 years old like was when I first became aware of body image and like how my body actually looked. And all my friends around me, I think at that age, were sort of like, oh, going to go on a summer diet, like all this stuff. I don't even think I knew what a diet like properly meant at the time. Like I was that oblivious. I literally was the type of person that would eat like three bowls of pasta like I was so unaware of food calories like all of that stuff but because my friends around me were doing it I was like oh maybe I should like lose some weight as well for summer and so I remember I started this diet and I started like running and stuff like that and initially I I looked good and I think I was getting like a lot of response from people being like oh you look so good and that is why as well like I'll probably talk about it later but like people commenting on like weight loss and stuff because you hear that and you're like oh I have to keep this up then like if you know I'm looking good like and you just keep going further and further into it and I think it was that summer in year nine when it got like very very bad like I just kept because I wasn't happy enough with, like, the outcome. I just kept going more and more. And I'm a very determined person. So I was like, right, like, I 
like if I have a goal I'll stick to it which is good in life but like not not in those sorts of things and so it was then uh when I came back like in year 10 sort of like that whole GCSE period like year 10 to year 12 that I did I was sort of in recovery but I wasn't wanting to really be like recovered I was still so deep in that mindset and it was more like my parents and stuff making me Mm -hmm. anyway like I I gained the weight and but I think the big thing is is that I hadn't like mentally recovered like yes I was weight restored but that doesn't mean like you know in your head you're all good um and I think again like going back the thing that I didn't really want to recover in the first place because I was so like deep deep in an mm. eating disorder um and so that obviously meant like as soon as I went to university or my parents weren't there I then sort of with stress as well like I used that as an excuse to I think when you're stressed and I definitely think with like eating disorders like you try and gain con- because you feel out of control with like your work and all of this stuff the place you find control in is with like food. Mm-hmm. And so I think I then went back to that. And I remember seeing my mum and she'd always be like, oh, like, you're okay. Like, and I was like, I'm fine. Like, you very know, defensive. Yeah, very defensive. Like, sort of being like, I've just been like stressed and like just drinking loads and forgetting to eat, like that sort of mm-hmm. excuse making. Um, but it was honestly, I got to my third year where it, obviously stress was like the highest I had been and my store was bad and then we went into lockdown and that was when I went home and I remember thinking okay like I have months and months like ahead of me where I'm just obviously going to be sat around doing nothing I was like I I want this change to happen now like I think I it was like actually just a flip switch moment for me where I was like I don't want to live like this anymore like I really want to get better And I think because it came from me and I sort of, I found my why and like my want to recover, that I then was, as soon as I made that decision, I was committed. Obviously, it wasn't always smooth sailing, but I think that flip switch moment of maturing and like realizing I didn't want to like be living my life like that, especially moving to London and stuff. Mm. I just wanted to get over it. And so that was when I, decide to recover and I mean so it was sort of a big chunk of my life that I was very much in in this eating disorder mindset and was it like a yo-yo period so you were fine then it went back down a bit fine back down a bit and I guess it was because you never really got over it in your mind exactly that's the thing like I guess I sort of always 70% recovered but because of that it I wasn't reaping all the benefits that full recovery actually had so I think Mm. that's why I kept sort of slipping back and like falling back into those habits um but yeah that's why I always stress like it has to come from the person that wants to recover you know like so many people around you can say a million things um or like make you do like make you eat this make you eat that but it has to come like from you and also you like working on yourself yeah completely and like what did it look like for you in terms of what 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 was an eating disorder for you so what were you eating in a day for example or not eating in a day yeah over exercise what did it look like for you yeah I think for me it was 
initially I just think I was eating like quote healthy like I to be honest I never really had a thing with like calories weirdly enough like I never counted calories it was more like trying to actually just eat as little as I could in the day mm. I think it was maybe because my eating disorder was like so early on I don't think that app even like existed yeah. at the time um so that for me and then it was the when I went to university I was in like a house where a lot of like the girls around me were like running and stuff so I was like I need to do that yeah and that then developed like an unhealthy obsession with over exercising and like cardio Mm -hmm. like I literally remember I would run every single day like ridiculous like so far I honestly I do like a 3k run now and I'm like how the hell like how was I doing that like I've no idea but yeah so for me it was definitely over exercising trying to eat as this I can but also I think then with that came like a form of like I almost like isolated myself Mm. from like social events like being with friends out of fear of like having to eat something that I hadn't cooked or drink alcohol and stuff like that. So, so how was that at uni when there was alcohol? It was a massive part of uni. And yeah. Were you different in social situations? And did you, what what were you like going out for dinner? Did you, was that like quite a horrible dreading yeah, experience? Yeah, I, honestly, I remember I would sort of, like the whole day leading up to it like absolutely dread going out eating out I would like have to look at the menu before be like I hear like what's like the sort of lowest calorie it's so weird that you like obsess like over one meal out so much Mm. and it's so nothing like in the grand scheme and I would sort of have decided like what I would eat before not eat before as well but also the same with drinking like not eating before drinking so that then I would have a few drinks and I think I'll get like drunk quickly yeah but because like you're not lining the stomach I would literally be like so drunk like you know be sick pass up like horrific things I missed the whole night because I was like and that was purely because I just hadn't lined my stomach yeah. and have a horrific hangover the next day like yeah it's just so counterproductive for mm-hmm. one um but yeah so I definitely found the uni experience quite an interesting one in that sense and mm. I kind of I mean I do wish I could go back and do it again like with the way I am because it is such like an amazing opportunity and so much fun but yeah I definitely just had that voice in my head literally like holding me back yeah and I think it just makes you a bit more socially like quiet like yeah I think I was a lot more now I'm so loud and confident in those situations but because of that you're just yeah the confidence levels are just so low Mm. that you're not really like in the conversation or present like with the people around you so true And you mentioned that people kept saying, like, oh, you look so good, like, at the start. Do you think you're then constantly looking for that comment again? But because it's kind of gone past the point, you never get the comment, but you're kind of trying to always find it. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think because you're like, oh, no one's saying anything, like, you're like, oh, maybe I've gained weight or, like, maybe I'm not looking as good as I was. But in reality, they're not saying anything because I think friends can be quite like 
awkward around the topic sometimes like they're not gonna confront you because they're not entirely sure or like they don't know if the time's right Mm. um so yeah they just because they weren't saying anything it's like oh okay yeah and I think I do think as a friend like if you do have that gut instinct that like your friend has something like you know they're starting to be a bit more restrictive or like over exercising things like that there is no bad thing in just checking in on them being like I are you doing okay like are you good because a lot of the time I think when you're in an like the depths of an eating disorder actually then being like oh my god like people realize that it's that bad then that can sort of be a motive to Mm. get better and do you think that was the case for you like maybe you'd had had you had quite a few people say a few things and do you think you just got to the point where you just didn't want to hear it anymore or do you think it was just a time for you which it switched I think for me weirdly enough um like, my friends at school all was very much, like, there for me. But I think because I went to university and I was quite, like, slim already, everyone just thought I was skinny, yeah. which is awful because I then felt like I had to keep that reputation. Like, I yeah. literally thought it was part of my personality, which is so sad because, like, there is so much more to you than, like, how you look to mm. others. Um but I think because of that, I mean, no one really... I mean, they're like, oh, you're so, like, small. But they never said, like, oh, like, are you are you okay? And that's why... Then when I started to talk about it online, I got so many messages from people being like, oh, my God, like, I'm so sorry. Like, And I think quite a lot of, like, things clicked in people's heads. Mm. Like, oh, like, that's, that's what why. happened. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy, actually. Yeah. And do you think, so for anyone listening who thinks a member of their family or one of their friends is going through something and they don't really, but they're not sure, do you think there's any trigger signs that you have, like, can remember from yourself or you know from other people that people could look at and be like, okay? Yeah, I definitely think things like, oh, I think a big one is if you're, like, at a, like, family, like, lunch or party and if they sort of avoid, like, the dessert or cake or things you know things that people do enjoy and they make up some excuses to avoid it Mm -hmm. I think that is a big sign because now I would of course I'd eat the cake but like for so many years I'd I'd like try and find like oh no like I can't have that I'm like not having like I've given up chocolate for or like something like that um I definitely think as well just like if someone has lost weight quite quickly that is a warning sign in itself because that means they're having to eat such a small amount of food to like get that place um and I'd also just say if you feel like your friend has that and has also is also slightly like isolating themselves and saying no to like a few plans Mm -hmm. like eating out or like drinking a classic one is like oh I'm busy for dinner but like I'll meet you after okay. I remember I use that so much like oh, be like really? oh I'll meet you for drinks after like okay. I'm, yeah or like oh I wanna yeah I'm, I'm having dinner with someone else or something but I actually wasn't like yeah. it's like an eating disorder will literally make you lie and lie and lie yeah till it gets what it wants so yeah I think just sort of being aware of those red flags mm-hmm 
That is, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So you suddenly came to the terms of like, I'm going to make the change. How did you make that change? Because obviously this is embedded in your lifestyle, right? Yeah. It's like really hard to suddenly change. So what did you do? How did you start? Where, how, how was it? So I think initially when I started, I sort of half-heartedly started because I think one big thing with recovery is you actually don't know like how much you need to eat. Like I underestimated just how much food I needed because often what will happen is your metabolism will almost kickstart. And I have this with a lot of my clients. You know, I'll suddenly like put them on so much food and they won't, they won't be gaining weight. They have to have more. So I think... A big one is like, if you're not gaining, it's not enough food. Like it took literally me eating like beyond double what I was Mm. to actually see any changes because initially it was happening really slowly. Um, And I, that then I I, accelerated actually when I like got an online coach because I kind of got myself like up to a healthy place, but like over a very like, over that whole first lockdown in summer. So it was like very like slow, Mm -hmm. slow, slow weight gain. Um, But having like someone there then told me accountable because I was like, okay, I want to start to exercise again because I was like at a healthier, like place healthier weight. And having that person there being like, you actually need to eat like 3,000 calories. I was like, (gasps) but I kind of did it because I was like, okay, no, I trust her. Like I trust. So you might need that kind of person to reassure you that it actually was okay. That it was okay. I was like, okay, you know, she knows her stuff. She's qualified. Like she just like knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And then it took that, I think to really, that, that was when my weight gain journey, like really, really then properly like, took off I'd say mm. that was like my proper chunk of like where I made my big mental recovery as well okay I guess it's a slow process because it is such a mental and physical thing so you yeah. have to kind of tackle both at the same time yeah and did you see anyone throughout going through the eating disorder about putting weight on or like a nutritionist or any did you see anyone through that time yeah so initially so when I was younger like 14 years old um so in my like first like attempt of recovery as yeah. well, um, my parents, I went to quite a few CBT therapists mm-hmm. and I was having none of it. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally, they would like try and get stuff out of me and I was like, no, like, yeah. I don't. So I never actually went through therapy, um, but I did have a nutritionist at that point and she was amazing. I don't, I'm not sure what she, if she practices at the moment, but um, she, she basically like was sort of a therapist in a way like I could talk to her about so much. And I actually think it helped because again, she was qualified. So I was yeah. like, okay, she knows what she's doing. Um, But I think because I didn't go through like therapy, I didn't really have that like mental recovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why now, and now I've gained weight. It's kind of off topic, but like now I'm getting therapy now because I'm like, oh, interesting. yeah, I'm in a much better mental place where I can. And also like going through an eating disorder, like it's, it's considered like a form of like trauma. And so it's like finding the root cause of that because you know, you, it, it, you, it will change like how you sort of perceive yourself slightly. Yeah. It's quite interesting in your case because your initial, 
reason was because everyone else was kind of doing a diet and the diet word was used at school yeah and I can imagine like I can remember being I was at a girl's school and I remember summer and everyone was like hitting the gym and it was yeah. like diet time and it was like you're young you see these words and probably was magazines then like, literally you're so like easily influenced for me it was mm. tumblr as well I remember yeah it was sort of like instagram it was more like tiktok almost like in the form of like yeah it was all these like pretty like very small girls and I just remember like saving like all these images and like having them as my lock screen and stuff I'm like yeah. oh my god yeah 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 <laughs> so how was it for you changing size because obviously you've probably felt like you look you looked really good before mm-hmm. and when people tell you you're not looking great at the moment obviously that's not very nice because in your mind you're doing everything you can yeah to feel the best that you can yeah and you're like that's so rude yeah, yeah. how dare how you? dare you <laughs> i'm doing everything honestly my mom would always say that stuff to me and i'm like oh, what you are such a bitch <laughs> yeah how dare you now i'm like no fair <laughs> yeah completely so how was it going from that when you thought you looked great being a certain size so then putting weight on how was it when you began to see the weight coming on were you comfortable with it or was the start being a bit like oh okay I'm gonna go with it but ooh. yeah I think mm, I think initially for me it and this is actually something I talk about all the way it went to my stomach so that did make me freak out a lot um, because I think that was an area I was like, oh, like what, you know, it's one place I was like, please no. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I just sort of l- trusted the process because weight redistribution as well in eating disorder recovery is such a thing. Like, um, basically the weight will tend to go to your stomach initially, to protect especially like vital organs and stuff Mm -hmm. especially if you haven't had your period and things like that and it will over about mm, I'd say up to a year redistribute to places and you won't even realize it until you compare photos Mm. from back then to now because honestly like I think when I initially put on weight like I probably looked like almost a bit leaner like at a heavier weight but purely because it had redistributed around my body um, so I initially did find that very, very challenging. However, because I think I had like read up about it, I was like, okay, like learn to trust the process. Mm. And that is one big thing I'd say, like when you are gaining weight, like initially it is really, really difficult, but just stick with it and trust the process. Wear baggy clothes. Like don't look at yourself in the mirror for too long because you will eventually begin to like see all the benefits that weight gain has. Yeah. But I, I completely agree like initially it is very very hard yeah definitely and but you're really good at taking pictures of the progress whereas some people might not even want to see yeah but you're so good at like it's very it's probably really good to be able to see the pro- yeah. progress but like yeah yeah so, so do you think it ever leaves you because I have heard something before where someone said you see it just never goes mm. do you think it goes I, I would agree that I would say a hundred percent it does if you want like if you fully commit to recovery I think I will always you will always have like that inner self-critic but it's whether you choose to listen to it mm. and I would say the difference now I still get bad body images a hundred percent like don't get me wrong however like I will now look in the mirror if I'm having a bad body image day I completely dissociate from it. Like, mm. I'm just like, yeah, like, okay, I feel a bit bloated today. 
that's cool. Like, yeah. it will pass. And I think you will still have that inner self-critical voice saying that, but it will be so quiet and come out at, like, really random times. Mm. But it's not, you're not listening to it. And yeah. you're almost the bigger person then. And you're so over it, you can fully rationalize. Like, the last thing I'm going to do is restrict, like, if you know what I mean? I will never listen to a voice tell me, like, oh, eat less. I didn't, at like, if that makes sense like mm. I I would just be like no I'm just gonna like continue with my day yeah like yeah. I feel a bit because I just realized that that is a voice and that it will it won't go away but it will 100% get so much quieter like. yeah and I guess you know we're critical about everything in life you know about how yeah. successful we're doing in work um you know what clothes we're wearing so I guess you can sometimes maybe you should put it into the category of it's not my eating disorder coming back it's just another yeah critical I, exactly part I wouldn't of... say I wouldn't say it's an eating disorder voice even I'd say it is yeah a critical voice and I'm quite I'm very I'm such a like big inner self-critic like, I'm so like critical with like my work my like oh I'm not awake early enough I'm not doing this yeah set the bar very high for myself yeah so obviously it's going to come into mm-hmm. like my body image sometimes yeah but it's just learning that and also doing cbt therapy as well it's very helpful for that because it's sort of learning that that is a voice and that's not you mm. and that you know it's something else that's trying to bring you down but that's it's not rational in any way whereas yeah. like your thoughts are actually rational so interesting yeah so you're now going through more of a bulking season. Yeah. And I find this really fascinating because for someone who's gone through an eating disorder to now go through bulking, like these are massive contrasts. Yeah. So firstly, <laughs> wow, impressive. <laughs> Thank you. So talk to me about that. Talk to me about why you decided to do it and how it is and how you're feeling about it. Yeah. So I think, so initially I, my, I used to say like when I was going through my weight gain journey, I was like, oh, I'm bulking. But in reality, I wouldn't say that was like weight gain recovery. Whereas what I'm doing now is like actual bulking. Mm -hmm. And bulking is more with the aim to just build strength in the gym, build muscle. And it's when you're in like a very small calorie. So not even that small, actually, it's quite, it's about like 10% of like your intake surplus. Um, And for me, I absolutely love it because... I'm at a place where I'm so happy with my body. And I think as well, it's shown how far I come. Like I'm at a very healthy weight. Like I could, I didn't need to bulk, but I wanted to for like strength, for muscle. And also I think I know I can bulk now because I've been through the whole weight gain process and I understand how weight gain works yeah, and like how it will redistribute and it will like go into muscle and stuff. And yes, you will feel bloated, but you're also getting so many, like I'm feeling so much stronger. And I do think like it actually improved my relationship with food even more, even though I didn't think it could like get better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and no, I definitely, I, I, some people don't and I'm, you know I think both are great like Mm. I just personally like it because it sets me a goal in the gym yeah and it makes me rather than just plateauing I'm like okay I'm gonna do it like small bulk and then just sort of see where Mm. my strength can go and things like that I guess that's really interesting you just said small bulk because I guess the word bulk has such masculine connotations to it it's like bulking season season. yeah and it's like oh that sounds really like we're gonna get really like bulky big and yeah bulgy and like that's really strange so, yeah so talk about what your goal was 
just put it into some perspective of like a female's version yeah of a female's season. version of bulk so like for me it was to grow my glutes yeah. <laughs> so to grow my bum and my quads as well um and like upper body I wasn't that fussed about like oh my back I was like mm-hmm. so it's like and because of that I would then you know I was doing like three leg days in the gym as opposed to two um so that I could really build strength and focus more on like my leg strength um but yeah it's not like I'm not like the Hulk also you realize (laughs) it's such a slow process like it is so slow like to put the time to grow my bum the tiniest bit it literally takes like three four months of like eating like 3,500 calories a day like it's crazy ridiculous people go out for dinner for like one meal and suddenly think that they're gonna be right this is going back to yeah potentially you know if you've got a slightly bad relationship with food so that's really interesting yeah no like consider you have to like consistently eat so much every day to even put on the tiniest bit so you eat 3,500 at the moment let's say roughly can you kind of give life in the day of what you eat at the moment yeah so normally I like wake up I'll always have a snack before I go to the gym um which I highly recommend anyone listening to this stuff (laughs) um because it yeah exercising fasted especially with weight training um it can be like you're not gonna really feel the strength that you can even just a quick source of carbs so I'll have like my vegan baked cookies very good or like a bowl of cereal toast something like that go to the gym then I'll have breakfast I'll have like a bowl of oats with like peanut butter but like big bowl so like 100 grams of oats because mm. <laughs> that that's the way of like getting in food is like increasing mm. like your carbs and yeah stuff like that um and then I tend to have a morning snack I I've been getting into like juices like joe and the juice Mm -hmm. which is an expensive habit but (laughs) it's such an easy way of getting in food and this is probably helpful to people in recovery because i think like things like liquid stuff is can be a bit of a like fear for people because people say it's like quote wasted calories but like genuinely it's like it will save your life like if you're struggling to eat just have like a smoothie or something Mm. in there um, which I have found really helpful when bulking, like if I'm feeling full, like they're just such a good way of getting food in. Um, then for lunch, I'll have like pesto pasta with like tofu or something like that. Then I'll have like a lunch dessert. Then I'll have like two snacks in the afternoon, three snacks. And I'll be like cookies, protein bar. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, like crisps, anything. Yeah. Dinner, I, I just kind of, what have I been having recently? I'm trying to think. Oh, I made like this, like mince, like it was like these cheeseburger fries. But it oh, was like nice. potato, like roast potato, like chips, like mm-hmm. homemade with like vegan cheese and um, meatless farm, like mince. Oh, it was nice. so good. Um, and then I'll have like a big dessert, like ice cream, like a tub of ice cream. Or something. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, and then and then I'm like how am I not putting on weight like why is this not going on but that is amazing yeah yeah. I'd love it if like you could tell yourself back when you had an eating disorder yeah that list of food oh my gosh like what like I literally used to eat next to nothing I don't I don't understand as well I used to have such little energy like I, I remember saying to my mom being like I think I need to like go get checked for like chronic fatigue or something oh really 
But it was literally because I wasn't eating enough. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I was yeah. like, why am I tired the whole time? And do you have any areas where you are aware of like cutting back on sugars or do you have any, at the moment in your kind of diet and lifestyle, yeah. do you have anything that you're aware of or are you very much? No, I'm very much like, I think I used to be quite, when I was in my eating disorder, I had a big thing about like processed foods. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, by doing that, I actually gave myself like digestion problems. Like I was bloating so much by having all these grains all the time and stuff. And I switched processed foods and my gut health has has like never been better than yeah. it is now. So yeah. yeah, so for me, I literally have no like, fear foods anymore at all which is so crazy like I'll literally that is anything. crazy <laughs> yeah that is so crazy so going on to plant-based so first question is are you plant-based and yeah. second question is when you went through your eating disorder were you plant-based and has there been a link or shift yeah to any of those so when I went through my eating disorder at university that's when I decided to be plant-based okay and I think initially I did choose it I mean no I never really like as a child as well growing up red meat and lamb and stuff I I never really ate it okay I tended to just eat fish um so but then when I went into my eating disorder yeah I was plant-based and I think I did initially that was because I could be like oh no I can't have that I can't have that okay so you did and in my head I was like it's it it went in with the whole like healthy like mindset Mm. thing that I was in um but I then actually did recovery being Mm plant-based um at home and and that was fine because I what the approach I took I was like right I can just replace all the like sort of you know, I'd, I'd have had cream in this pasta, just get vegan cream because I was cooking for myself. That was great. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I'll, that was sort of the approach I took when like starting out recovery being like, okay, no foods off limits. I'll just have like the vegan substitute yeah. for it. Um, but then moving back to London, I think when eating out and stuff, I definitely then veered more towards like being vegetarian because I found it a bit more flexible and because I was so like far down the recovery route I was like I've made so much like I've done so much to get to this place I don't want to then feel still feel that level of restriction when I'm eating out so for me that approach like being slightly like going more vegetarian like Mm -hmm. occasionally pescetarian but like mainly vegetarian for Mm -hmm. me was much better but I will still try and like you know be plant-based where I can yeah but I think in recovery yeah it's finding what works for you to be honest and I know some people that have fully recovered my flatmate actually and she she had like issues and the past like food and stuff and she's fully vegan yeah yeah. I think it's an interesting one because I do think people go plant-based because they think it's healthier yeah and actually if you do the research if you turn plant-based and you're not really into food and you just think you have to eat leaves and green yeah and yes well actually it's not that's not healthy at all but ultimately you'll think you're gonna think it's a healthier diet yeah however when you actually look into plant-based and like all the options that are out there and like peanut butter and almond butter yeah and, like, the nuts and all of that actually it's not a healthier no diet it's at not all. that's it's just the thing it's like a diet. label yeah it's it's like got the reputation of being like healthier but i think yeah, it's, you know, it is healthy, obviously. Yeah. But so but it's, not, it's not, yeah. Yeah, not as any more healthy than a normal yeah, diet would exactly. be. Yeah, exactly. 
So what are your reasons for being plant-based? So for me, I... Well, weirdly enough, when I was growing up as a kid, like the thought of like eating baby lambs, I was like, no, like, so I think initially it was, that was what started me not really wanting me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for me, it was, to be honest, I really enjoyed cooking plant-based foods and I loved how I could like create something. I feel with plant-based food, if a plant-based dish tastes good, like you've, you've, put in like you're actually talented like you're a good you know what I mean you know yeah. how to work the spice and everything whereas like if you made like a non-vegan mac and cheese it's easy you just put in tons of cheese yeah whereas like I feel like plant-based actually came down more to flavors yeah. which I really liked so I loved that aspect of it and then I think I just got to a point where I was like oh the thought of like eating chicken like no yeah. <laughs> just, it actually like grosses me out a bit I agree I think it's just when you start then you end up thinking about it more and then the more you research about it you're like oh god oh god. yeah and it's kind you of see all this stuff mm-hmm. yeah and, and you start like... seeing it all and the more you see the more you look the more you see and you're like oh god actually, actually. no I don't want that mm-hmm. yeah but it's so true what you mean about plant-based foods being more like easy well I think it is easier to cook but also so many flavors absorb vegetables like into vegetables so well like my boyfriend eats meat and sometimes he's like can you make me chicken I'm not gonna lie the chicken will probably taste like absolute shit because I can't cook meat but I can cook the chicken for him I do do (gasps) it yeah I'm impressed yeah no I'm very like oh my god he brings out like the raw chicken I'm like I can't look at it really I can't look at it (laughs) no I am like all my family and everything they're all meat eaters oh really so I'm very used to like Cooking. being around yeah. me yeah and I cook at home and for my family because I love to cook and I always do like a meat option and then like yeah. a veggie option um but your family plant-based or yeah so uh, well they are when I'm there okay yeah <laughs> so they were over lockdown and that's my dad loved it because he was wanting to cut down his red meat anyway for like his heart so we basically went fully plant-based and I think that's what made it so easy for me in lockdown to be vegan because like a whole fridge was vegan yeah um and my sister as well as like similar to me like won't eat meat so mm-hmm. my parents now like I think they'll get it out but they're definitely more like they they love like the vegetarian like sausages and stuff like that and they'll yeah. get that in now that's really good yeah influencing exactly I'm like leave my legacy yeah, <laughs> when exactly. I left home I was like yeah <laughs> that's so good <laughs> so I was actually so excited to start this episode that I didn't even start with the quick fire questions that I normally oh, yeah. start oh. with. So I'm going to go through those and I've also got um, two other last questions. So my quick fire questions are all about food. So <laughs> pizza or pasta? Pasta. Sweet or savoury? Sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Oh, juicy burger. <laughs> Cook in or eat out? Cook in. Rice or noodles? Noodles. And what is your favourite delivery? Oh, oh, poke bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had a few of these, like, people have answered that, and it's so, they're the best. They're so good. We just, honestly, to be honest, I don't even have a favourite place. I just go to the one that's, like, got the offer on. Yeah. And, like, taste all of the different ones. Mm. The flavours are just unreal. There was a really good one. It was with... um this uk chicken was it on poke? oh yeah and it, they season it with something oh, oh it's so God, good i haven't been to honey po- have i been to honey pokey they i, I would say that, like yeah their vegan poke bowls are so oh, good okay i need to try yeah. that one so my other 
ritual on this podcast is to ask you what your last meal would be. Oh, this is hard. I know, it's a real hard one, especially on the spot, because normally it takes a lot of thought. Oh, okay, I definitely know what I have for starter and main. Okay. For my dessert, I'm like, oh no, I know. Okay, I know Okay, you ready. So for starter... I would have like a huge sushi platter. Yeah. Like with literally everything and like edamame and all of that sort of thing. So would the sushi be plant-based or would you have some fish in there? <laughs> that meal. would be fish in there. <laughs> yeah, it's your last like, meal. The, the salmon, I'm like, oh, shafty. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be my starter. I like when they bring it out on the ice. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's super nice. Um, for my main... I would have, okay, so when I was in Florence with my friends, um, we went, we were just walking, like, down this alley, and we went into, like, this, it was a pop-up Michelin star restaurant. Oh, wow. And so we were like, we have to go, and they are doing £10 truffle pasta. Oh, and wow. you would, it was the weirdest experience, you were, like, sat at this bar, so you weren't sat, like, across my friends, we were all, like, next to each other, so you, like enjoy the food and focus on the food yeah um and they just like whipped up this truffle pasta and it was the best thing i've ever eaten like i loved oh wow so i'd say that would be my main yeah that is a good that's a good one and then for my dessert i think i'd have like quite random but like a huge ice cream sundae so what what would be in this i need the details i want i want like okay Stracciatella ice cream, mm-hmm. but also like chocolate, like with brownie like chunks. In okay, it. yeah, and then like almost like cookie crumbled on the top. Oh wow! Like full on, like a yeah. big thing. I just I love ice cream. I do as well, but I love. Um, I haven't had dairy in ages and ages because it just doesn't sit well yeah. with me. So I love a chocolate sorbet. That's Ooh, my like. Good I don't think one. I've had chocolate sorbet. Like, it sounds really gross, but actually, it's basically dairy free chocolate ice cream. Yeah. But they call it chocolate sorbet, but it's so nice. And pistachio. Oh, I love pistachio yeah. ice cream. Plant based pistachio yeah. is, is a winner. Yeah, I think that would be my. It's just like a palate cleanser. Like yeah. after a meal, I'm always that person that orders ice cream. Yeah. Like there'll be like all these desserts, and I'm like, oh, want ice cream. For me, the most <laughs> disappointing thing is when they're like, I'm like, have you got anything without dairy? And they're like, Lemon sorbet, I'm always like... Oh, no, lemon sorbet sucks. Why does it suck? I just, it just feels such a letdown. People, people that voluntarily, like, get that when they can have ice cream, I'm like... I'm like, what? That's so disappointing. <laughs> Why are you doing Why that? Why have you done that? <laughs> Honestly, thank you so much. I want to end with a question. So if anyone out who is listening right now, mm-hmm. if they're currently thinking after listening to this, oh my God, like, she's just, like, touched on a few of the things I'm currently going through. I really feel like I have probably got a bad relationship with food can you give some tips on like what they should do to kind of get themselves out of this yes so I would definitely say opening up to someone you really trust like family or a friend just to have a little support network Mm -hmm. there I think opening up is sort of the first step because I do think a lot of people are in denial like Mm -hmm. I even meet people and I'm like it's so weird you have like a radar like I'm like okay like I see them around food I'm like you've you've like you know there's something there's something going on there um but a lot of people not really because they're not underweight or they're not they won't like classify it as like an eating issue um so yeah definitely opening up to someone um what I would say is if you have like obsessions with like calories and stuff like that really really trying to like not look at the backs of food packets Mm. moving towards intuitive eating going like making an effort I know like 
if you can in terms of money to like eat out or like have friends cook for you say yes to plans and Mm. sort of throw yourself like back into normal life as much as you can I'd also say like focusing like if you find your body checking and things like that like honestly turn your mirror around like you you don't need it like you don't I I actually have had like periods of time where I even you know if you're feeling a bit like low self-confidence about how like I look more it's like oh like my face looks bad today yeah we all have that I will literally be like I'm not even going to look at myself like in car windows and stuff and I'll just be happy yeah because I'm not like fixating on particular like features or anything like that Mm. so I definitely think like moving away from like the mirror and wearing clothes that you're comfortable in 100% and if you're finding that there's like obsession with like exercise running steps um just stop like cutting that setting yourself like limits on that and being like okay I'm, I don't need to reach a certain step limit or yeah just going out enjoying life and you'll just feel so much better for it as well you won't have this like guilt Maggie voice yeah. so yeah never feel guilty for like you're prioritizing yourself and your health and happiness mm. by doing that. You're not being healthy by going on seven runs a week. Kind yeah. Of God, I think it's so refreshing for people to hear. Also to feel like you probably thought you were really happy at the time. But yeah. now like from the way you're talking and how you sound and everything, it just sounds like you're so... It's like true happiness. Yeah. And I just wish I had done it sooner. And that's what I'd say to everyone. Like use this as like your turning point like genuinely and just throw yourself into it because like the quicker you go through the recovery process the quicker you'll like have your life back yeah definitely well thank you for being so open I know I mean you talk about it very freely but I know some (laughs) people would really struggle to talk about it yeah thank you so much for talking about it thank you for having me it's been so great yeah it's been lovely thank you so much Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope this was an interesting one for you to listen to and maybe some of what Liv was speaking about you could relate to or know someone that could relate to it. Make sure to check out Liv on Instagram. Her handle is Liv Living Life. This way you can see her transformation and other posts on recovering from an eating disorder. Thanks again and see you next week. <laughs>